Oh, thank God. <laughs> hey, guys. How's it going? Welcome to another episode of 5 at Minute Major Radio. Dave here, along with my broadcast partner crime, Matt Mestre Giovanni. Matt, how's it going tonight? Oh, man, I don't know. <laughs> it would be better right now, because we, we are recording as the Flyers are playing, and, and it's not going too well. But we'll touch on that in a second. Unless, Matt, you want to hop on tonight's game right away. How, how do you want to do this? Uh, yeah, I guess we can, because it's commercial break, so we can talk about that until it comes back. Uh, yeah, so Flyers do score first tonight. They're playing the Florida Panthers in Florida in front of a sellout crowd of invisible people. Uh, keep doing you, Florida Panthers. Um, and score first, go up one thing off a of Sanheim blast, and, well, then things really went downhill from there. Um uh, Morgan Frost has looked okay in his first career in NHL start. We'll touch on that a little bit later as well. Um, but they've kind of collapsed again, and Hart seems to be really the only goal, the only one playing right now, and that was a trend that we saw over this weekend as well with Brian Elliott. So, uh, Matt, I know before we start recording, you mentioned you wanted to have some thoughts. So I'm, I'm, I'm passing you the, <sighs> the hot mic. Does it? I mean, uh, let me know if you agree with this, but... The Flyers have had a lot of trouble with Florida in the last, I'd say, probably three seasons or so. Like, Florida ha- is like a team on the upswing, and they're they're a good team now. But like, the like for some reason the Flyers have just I felt like have had trouble with them, and it's like completely unwarranted because before this season they weren't that. I wouldn't say they were an they weren't an elite team, but they weren't a bad team. But they weren't a team that the Flyers really had trouble with. Like, granted that like they were good or not, like like you said, the Flyers just seem to have trouble with them, especially in Florida. Like, it's crazy. Just I don't know if it's one of those things where it's like the Flyers team, like just it plays to the inconsistency of this team, or that they play down the teams that are. Uh, arguably not as good as they are, but it's just like uh, they always have trouble with this team. I feel like they're just it, like it, it, they're the the Panthers. I feel like have been have been and are even though they've gotten better, they're just pesky and like I mean they've been all over the Flyers this whole game so far. Aside from the one goal the Flyers have scored, uh, Hart's given up that third goal that the. Panthers scored just a couple minutes ago. Hart gave up a juicy rebound after a Faraby turnover in the neutral zone. So, I mean, like, I don't know. I guess with this team, after the troubles they've had in the past week, and we'll touch on that, it's got to get worse before it gets better. But this game doesn't seem like it's going to be in their favor at this point if they keep playing the way they're playing. No, it's definitely frustrating. Um, It's a trend that we saw this weekend in the game against the New York Islanders. It just seems this team's gotten lazy almost out of nowhere. Um, and it's very, very uh, concerning. And all of a sudden, Skype has lost my video, which is fine. Um, I don't know why it's lost connection to my camera, but we're still recording. Um, it's definitely very it's, – it's concerning because they weren't having this trouble earlier in the year. Um so it's, it's something to definitely be like, okay, why is this happening? Um, and now we're seeing an issue where they come out, you get the first goal, and you start out the game, you want to start it out, and then just this collapse where they're not even in the game. And 
on paper, you know, I, I would think they, they'd match up with the Panthers now. The Panthers are a very solid team now. Um, Bobrovsky hasn't been that great in net, but he's still gotten, you know, seven wins. Um, they have Jonathan Huberdeau, Vincent Trocek, um, you know, Alex Barkov. He's had the Flyers number now. And back on D, they've got some studs in Ekblad and Pissick and Matheson. Um, so it's just something where I remember three, four years ago, the Flyers would go down in the South Florida and Miami, and it would be like another home game for the Flyers almost, and they would just dominate. And lately that hasn't been the case. And for some reason, this team just gives them trouble now. Um, and maybe the Panthers have gotten that better. And as I'm talking about this now, Huberto scores to make it 4-1. Uh, um, I hate that I'm behind on the so screen. Now they're down <laughs> three goals and they've completely stopped playing. And this is just, this is just going to get me going, Matt, because um, being at the game Saturday, watching it in person, and seeing it, the Flyers were up 3 nothing against the New York Islanders, and they absolutely blew it. But even when they were up 3 nothing, they didn't deserve to be up 3 nothing. They got their asses handed to them for the entire 60 minutes of regulation. And as soon as the Islanders got that first goal on Elliott, I was like, oh, they're going to lose the game. Flyers are done. They're going to lose. I knew it instantly because they played embarrassing. Hart's actually getting pulled right now for a momentum change, and it sucks for the kid because this was not his fault tonight. Um, the team in front of him just they were they weren't skating. They were being lazy pieces of shit, and this it's, it's incredibly frustrating for me because this team this year has been the highs have been really really high, and the lows have been really 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 low. And you think they do something to fix it, and another issue pops up, and now you know, it, it leads to your young stud goalie getting yanked. So this is definitely something for concern and that they need to fix because this shouldn't be happening. You know, hockey is a very, it's a wonky sport, but the stats are, are real. Analytics are real. Usually the teams who score first get on the hop and they start playing well. And for some reason in these past couple, of, almost two-week stretch down here, the Flyers haven't been doing that. They've been getting leads. They got lucky against Toronto and Boston. They blew two goal leads in both those games and then won the shootout thanks to Carter Hart and Brian Elliott making saves and the players in the shootout doing something the Flyers don't do normally, which was scoring in the shootout. Like they actually did it. Um, and then you saw that lead into the Washington game where then it was a close back and forth one-on-one, one-on-one period or one-on-one score late in the game. And then it goes, and then it went to a shootout yet again. Um, but then the scores were dry. And then you saw that just lackluster, embarrassing, pathetic effort against a absolute hot pile of garbage dumpster fire team in the Ottawa Senators where you lose 2-1 to one and have a four-minute power play to end the game regulation. I'm sorry, but with the Flyers, with the skill they have and how bad Ottawa is, you're, you have a four-minute power play to end regulation you should not only get one goal, you should get two goals to win the game. Um, and if you ask me, that game in Friday night was the game Friday night was unacceptable, and the game against the Islanders Saturday night was inexcusable. You're up three nothing, and you play like absolute horseshit, and you got owned in your own building against your home fans, and there actually was a good amount of Islanders fans in attendance, and you gave them what you wanted. And I don't know. 
it's gotten to the point now where I, I want to be done making excuses for this team. And I know I'm rambling, Matt, but I'm about to give you back the hot mic in a second. Uh, that's all good. But at, at what at what point? Because you know oh, we've we've addressed this earlier in the in in a couple of previous episodes this season. Chuck Fletcher and Elie Vigneault have no history, no allegiance to this team. They did not build this current roster. At one at what point do you let go? of certain players who aren't producing to try and make a change and improve this team. At a certain point, calling up the young studs isn't going to work, and you have to change the core. Now, I'm not talking about trading Claude Giroux. Hell no, that man should retire a flyer. He needs to win a Stanley Cup with the Flyers, and his jersey needs to be be retired like the year after he's done playing. Um, but I'm talking about a Jake Voracek, a James Van Riemsdyk. Two players who I like, but they're straight up not producing. And Jake Vorchek's making a little over $8 million. And part of the reason why I, along with a lot of other people in Philadelphia, had been blocked by him on Twitter is because we say trade Vorchek. Because, yeah, the man will end up, you know, with 80, 85 points in the year. But you go, how? Secondary assists, empty nets. He's not driving play. He And he looks lazy out there sometimes. He doesn't kill penalties. So when you need him to produce, you need him to produce 5-on-5 five five in power play, and he's not doing it this year, and he's been bad. And there's a reason why he's on the third line now. I'm sorry, man needs to get his crap together. It's un- it's inexcusable at this point. He's supposed to be a leader on this team, and at some point something needs to be done to address that. Now, there is a problem with trying to trade him because of his cap hit and his age. It's not a likable you know asset to acquire for a lot of other NHL teams out there. Um, but I'm getting to the point of where now I've, I've been fairly optimistic the entire year, and I, and I know this team is not the same Flyers of past. But at some point now, I'm going to need the new regime to go ahead and prove that. And with that, Matt, I will hand you back the microphone. Uh, it's tough, man. I don't, I don't know. There's like, uh, I hate to use the phrase panic button, but like, you almost want to hit the. Uh, some sort of button that'll make this get better because after this recent slide they've had with the loss of the Capitals, the Senators, uh, the collapse against the Islanders, and now this game going on now, there's only so much that uh, line line juggling and, like you said, calling up the young guys is going to do. Uh, something from the inside has got to change, and uh, I think these the coaches are so new the the general manager is so new, like you said. There, it, it, I mean, it could come down where they need to get, they need to ship out of uh, a veteran to kind of, kind of wake everyone up and say, like, oh, oh man, man, this guy's on now because we didn't really get, we didn't do our part. And then, I mean, obviously, a guy like Borchek, guy like Van Reems, like, like they've been struggling to find the back of the net, struggling to do anything in general, really, this season so far. Um, one of the positives you can take away from this is that it's, I guess the only positive that I can think of right now is that, uh, it's going to get later and later to say this, and it's already the start of the second quarter of the season, but but through 20 games, the Flyers are at a true 500. Uh, they have 10 wins, six losses, and then four OTLs, but, um, they're tied, they're they're in the second wild card. So yeah, they're and they're fifth in the Metro, or they're tied for sorry, they're tied for fourth with Pittsburgh, points wise. But um, 
I don't know. It's just it's it's more of the same. It's frustrating, and again, it's one of those things where it's like you want this team to be able to string together multiple game sixty minute efforts, but they are still playing down to teams. Uh, they look like they don't even know how to play hockey at some points. Uh, I mean, in this game, they've looked pretty bad. <laughs> There's not many positives in this game besides Frost making his debut. And Frost has looked pretty good. I mean, he doesn't – it's got to be obviously a lot – it's got to be nerve-wracking to make your NHL debut uh, in the first place, let alone in, I guess, quote-unquote enemy territory as an away game, even though the Panthers and the Flyers are only a rivalry. But, I mean, yeah, it, you can't blame it on the kid. Uh, like you said before, I think well, – I'd say – I think Morgan Frost just scored his first career NHL goal, Matt. Did he? I – Yes, Morgan Frost, breaking news. You saw it here first, folks. Well, if you're actually watching the game, you didn't. But uh, Morgan Frost just scored his first career NHL goal. Not a big deal. Oh, I'm man. Watching. I hate that I'm behind. I want to see this. All right, pause. Oh! So Morgan Frost takes up the goal line and just kind of walks along and just backhands it up, a, up above. But Bob just ducks down and gives him the top. And he just roofs it with a backhand. Oh, that's pretty. Ooh, pop the water bottle, too. I will, well, that's a positive we can focus on, at least Stay on. Frosty. Stay frosty. The one might say the forecast is frosty. <laughs> I, I think everyone has been making that joke the a past couple of days. The, uh, the 5mm bump. Yeah, five-minute major, five major radio just, bump. We just talked about him for a good, what, minute and a half when he scores. Oh, my God. What a goal. Oh, um, man. That, that needs to be gift, and we need to get that on the Twitter ASAP. Uh, no, that's – now, Matt, though, that's something now the Flyers can try and build on in this game. I mean, they're only – two goal – I mean, they're back in the game now. Two-goal lead. You know what they say about two-goal leads? It's the worst lead in hockey. You knew – I had a feeling you were going to score in this first game. That's exciting. But, um, all right, well, so, yeah, I guess you've heard it here and you've seen it on the game uh, in just the last couple minutes where Morgan Frost is here to play, folks. But, he's um, out there on the ice right now again, making another chance. He's been uh, one of the only bright spots in this game so far. I mean, there's still a lot of time left, too. There's, a what, uh, I'm at about four, four and a half minutes here. I've got four twenty. I've got four twenty-five now. They're yeah. going to a commercial break. So, uh, I mean... It, it takes me back to, I don't believe last week, but a couple weeks before where this this fan base, including, I mean, and let's be honest, us us two can both be very reactionary with this team as well, where, like you said before, the, the highs are the highs and the lows are low, very low, but I don't know. I mean, it's there's just, still There's still a lot of apathy towards this team, too. Like The fan yeah. base is still angry. But do you think, and they're like, angry at people who aren't here anymore, though. You got to think, too, where it's like, take what? It was Friday Friday and Saturday with the Senators and the, the Islanders, oh, right? Yeah. So you think a game like that happens in Ottawa, and then you come home. Granted, the Islanders have been pretty, pretty hot lately, but it's like you got a home game. You're coming off a pretty, pretty shitty loss against the Senators. And, like, you'd think that they would bounce back. And I guess you could make that argument that they were up 3 nothing going into the third period. But it's like you need that 60-minute effort to, to hold on there. 
but that didn't work out. Um, and, and to be fair, a quick nomad, I do want to make a lot of people were pinning Brian Elliott on that game. Uh, there's only really one goal I fault Brian Elliott for. Um, you can't blame him in the shootout when he goes up against you know Broussard and and Mark and Matt Barzell. But the the tying goal, the third goal, you know El- Elliott had it in his five hole and he didn't know where it was. If he had just stayed still and frozen it, like if one of the boys said, "Hey, Els, you have it. Moose, you have it." Um, you get a whistle blown dead, a minute left in the game. Who knows? Maybe they hang on. But he doesn't see that he has it, doesn't feel, I guess, and he lifts up and he separates, and he just literally poops the puck and it goes in the net. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's just like like I said, like I tweeted, uh, it was a week a weekend to forget, um, and we're, we're past that point now. The Flyers still have a lot of time in this game to get things even and hopefully pull out a win here after a bad start in the first half of the game. Uh, hopefully that Frost goal will kind of wake everyone up and say, all right, we're 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 in this thing. This kid's played 25 minutes of NHL hockey or 35 minutes, and he's already got a goal. So it's, it's, you, there's got to be uh, – there's they there's got to be some sort of spark aside from a aside from your goalie getting pulled, like you can't you can't just lay down and let these guys run all over you and it has to be like that day in and day out where, like they're gonna face adversity throughout the season but I mean them reacting to it is like it seems like they just lay down and die and yeah. you don't you want the you want the fly you don't want the die so, exactly I but, see what you did there yeah so. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, like I like like I said, this game still got a lot of time. The the optimist in me wants to say that they'll at least take it overtime. But then again, that begs the question where it's like, and not the question, but it also makes you think about they can't get, they can't get through this season and hope to make the playoffs by feeding off those quote unquote loser points if they make it to the shootout or overtime and lose. Exactly. Um, it's always a silver lining where you think to yourself, oh well, that at least they took it to overtime or at least they took it to a shootout. But I mean those points that they don't get in those extra frames are going to cost them when it gets closer in to playoff time. Yeah. yeah. So, I, again, it's just uh, we're, it's a broken record with this team where it's it's just consistency. Um, I mean, that's what it comes down to with any team, but the Flyers especially, it's just consistency where you need you need to come in every every night ready to play, ready to give a full 60-minute effort. You can't just be invisible sometimes or be boring. Like, take the like the Islanders are, have been killing it lately. I think they're on a 14-game point streak. And But they play like, boring, though. They play boring, but it's like, like they... They're like, winning. I mean, you want to, yeah, like, I'd rather see, like, boring hockey and win, and then, like, boring hockey and losing is not fun at all. Like, That's what's happening in Toronto and, right now, boring hockey and losing. I mean, it was the same thing with the Flyers for a lot of last season, too, where, like, again, we've said this before, where aside from them losing, it wasn't even fun to watch because they were so boring. They couldn't generate any momentum. Nothing on the special teams was working. The goaltending was, I mean, we had eight different goalies last season for, like, I mean, I don't know. There's just this team never fails to make, it, it never fails to generate conversation, whether it's good or bad. Like, there's always something to talk about with this team. Um, and you, you don't at this point with the new coaches, new players, with the young guys getting called up, you don't want the negatives to outweigh the positives. You want to see progress in this team and you want to see that the changes 
they made in this offseason and are making throughout the season as things go up and down with wins and losses that they they benefit the team instead of hurt it. So, again, it's all about consistency and they <laughs> just win games. Like I, don't, like, I don't care if it's boring. Like, I mean, Islanders fans might be bored now, but their team's doing really well. Like, you got to be a little bit jealous. So oh, Yeah. And if you ask the Islanders fans, they're not really complaining. They're saying, why aren't more people talking about us? Yeah. Oh, it's, well, they're not talking about, about you because you play boring hockey, and boring hockey doesn't make headlines. Winning will eventually make you headlines. And, yeah, I think you're referencing to what just happened. Myers and Huberto were going at it, and Myers and Huberto. His lip is bleeding. Oh, it's like punched? gushed, and he, he got, like, cross-checked in the face. I mean, they should both be getting the penalty, man. So the Flyers are the only ones that end up with a, with a penalty on the board. The refs have mm-hmm. rather mucked I it up. Like sold that. I mean, his his mouth is pretty bad. Mouth is pretty busted. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Whatever. This is the most in-game, in, in-game description we've ever done, probably. <laughs> yeah, it's just one. Uh, you got I mean, it makes for good material. I'm sure it'll be good to listen to tomorrow morning when I'm commuting to work. True. Um, but, but yeah, um, I'm trying to think what else we got. Well, so, that was that was a pretty good cross-check by Myers there at the end. Yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, hey, you want to see that? that? That's clearly, you know, that's a young player saying, you know what? I give a shit. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get involved. Oh, apparently, spoiler alert, the mic probably picked it up. Brent, Brenda coming in with the, with the F-bomb. But Myers, like, now that's fucking bullshit. So... <laughs> Um, Here we go. Here's another children. Children, you. close your ears. You ready for this? What? So listen to this. So this is from Sportsnet Stats on Twitter. Uh, Morgan Frost is the first Flyer to, to score in his NHL debut since Jason Ackerson on April 27th, back in 2013. Wow. And oh wow, guess what? The Flyers got the only penalties on the board. They got four minutes. Huberto gets nothing. I saw Huberto got two. Oh, uh, oh. Well, according to Florida, they have a four-minute oh, uh, power yeah. play, and um, Ivan Provorov just had an interesting stat. I'm gonna have to rewind my TV here. Um, interesting stat here. Um, I'm pausing for that. Relax. God. Um, Ivan Provorov. Once the screen goes away. Um, the most con- most consecutive games to start a career by currently active players, Ivan Provorov has 267, and that leads the pack. That's a franchise record, but he's ahead of Alex DeBrigget with 184 and Pierre-Luc Dubois with 183. So Ivan Provorov has not missed a game yet in his NHL career. Not a big deal. So, um, I guess with the game going on right now, let's go around the league. Do we, do we want to dive a little bit into more Morgan Frost real quick? Are we going to in, or, 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 around the league? Jesus, if I can speak English, that'd be really nice for a podcast, right? Uh, yeah. Just, um, just a quick update on the kid, why he got called up. He's been playing really well for the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. 12 points in 16 games played this season for the Phantoms. Five goals, seven assists. He really lit it up to start the year in Lehigh Valley, and then he kind of had a, a three-game cold spell. Um, but he played well enough at both ends of the ice to grant not, one, not only being called up this early, um, but two, then getting put on the top line instantly, centering Claude Giroux and Travis Konechny 
Um, where you think him and Drew are kind of both playing, they're flip-flopping back and forth between center and left wing. Um, but overall, you know, a lot of the fan base wanted him up here from the beginning. Uh, at the end of the day, at the end of training camp, he just wasn't ready. But he went down to the Phantoms. Him and Faraby proved that they were deserved to be here, and now they're both here, uh, which is nice to see now because um, if this team was still run by the old regime, they probably wouldn't be here at all. They would have been with the Phantoms all season long. Um, microphone to you, Matt. Yeah, I mean, like you said, it was, you felt like it was only a matter of time before they were up with the Flyers instead of the Phantoms, but, um, both Farabee and Frost, they're guys where, um, I think you'd rather have them play top line minutes in the AHL just to kind of quote unquote cook longer as opposed to playing fourth line minutes or just being healthy scratch as a part of the big club. So, I think it was I think it was the right time to call up both. I mean, Farabee was tearing it up before he caught, got called up, and then same thing with Frost. So deservedly so, they're both on the Flyers now, and hopefully they're here to stay. And they're both playing top six minutes too with the club. You know, yep. Farabee got plenty of time with the top line. Now Frost is getting plenty of time with the top line, and it's making this Flyers a deeper team. Um, you know, even though the fact that we've mentioned players in James Van Riemsdyk and Jake Vorchek, who are struggling offensively. But having Frost and Farabee in your top six means your third line is Kevin Hayes centering Claude, uh, James Van Riemsdyk and Jake Vorchek. Yep. And even though you don't want those three ideally on your third line, that might be the third. That might be the best third line in, in all of hockey. It has the potential to really explode. Um, and I think that's what Aline Vigneault's thinking is there. Putting those three together, Hayes has been great in all areas except offense. You know, I think we can all agree we need a little bit more from him. Other than that, he's been fantastic. And then from JVR and Vorchek, we just need more scoring. And the thing is, putting them up as, uh, as a third line together, you're going to get maybe a weaker weaker responsibilities against, against them, or it'll help teams will focus more on them, and that frees up your top two lines to let Frost, Farabee, Giroux, Konechny, Lindblom... Couturier go to work. Yeah. Yeah, I think you said it all, man. I don't really have much else to say besides that. I'm just on a roll. If my if my camera was working, I'm buttering an invisible roll right now. Uh, it's all good. So, um, if I'm not mistaken and I'm not behind still, the period is over, correct? Yes, correct. The period is over. We are now waiting intermission live. So, with, uh, we, we still got ourselves. I mean... If the Flyers can play the way they played that back half of this period, especially the momentum going off of a kill, uh, if they kill the rest of the penalty, um, then I don't know. We'll have an interesting third period, hopefully. Um, but they just gotta, they just gotta step it up. I mean, there's only so far. Like I said, you don't you don't want things to get worse before they get better with a team like this because as early as it still is in the season, these points are gonna cost them once it gets closer to making that playoff push. Yeah, no, completely agree. They need to get points now. Crazy to think Thanksgiving is a week away. Um, America's almost second favorite holiday. Um, <laughs> but uh, in Norway, that's the marker that you know a lot of NHL teams make. Where you are at American Thanksgiving is um, pretty much a point where if you're out, you're out. And if you're in, you're usually in unless there's a monumental collapse or you go on a huge run. Um, yeah. So at least, you know, it's it's different because at this point last year, 
they were out of it. They weren't even close. Um, and this year, you know, they're, they're technically in a playoff spot. So there's still that to go off of. Yep. So with Matt now, I think we can probably take it around the league if you want to take it around town. Sounds good. All right. So on the news side of things, um, there's not too much, but there is a couple interesting uh, developments. So this is all according to you, the NHL.com app and all that. Um, the Seattle NHL expansion team is, quote unquote, getting close to announcing their name. Uh, the reveal could come in the first quarter or first half of the next season, uh, their GM says. Um, I believe the, oh yeah, so here we go. The team will begin play not next season, but the season after, the 2021-2022 season. Um, So it'll be interesting to see with all that's out there, with all that's been out there since they were announced as a franchise. Um, I want to say, what, back in the summer? Uh, Yes. Oh wait, actually, sorry. Uh, December of last year, so not the summer. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, that'll be cool to see. It's always cool to see how all that stuff comes together with the name, the jerseys, all that kind of stuff. So that'll be interesting. Uh, and then, actually, um, I don't want to forget this. I just need to find it on my app. Well, quick note I want to make about the Seattle expansion, too, as I'm hoping the rest of the league learned what not to do in regards to trading with an expansion team, because the Vegas Golden Knights should have never have been this good this <laughs> early on in their history of inception. Yeah. Um, now they are going to have a lot of really really bad years because they're an old team and don't have a deep prospect pool. But very rarely do you see an expansion franchise go to the Stanley Cup final in their first year of existence, and now they're a contender in the West. Um, I hope the rest of the league has learned to not make these dumb trades and literally hand Vegas assets or hand Seattle assets like they did Vegas. Now, it brings into consideration, did the NHL kind of want it built that way because they wanted Vegas to hit off right away because Vegas, I don't know if you know this, Matt, but there's a lot of money in Las Vegas. I think there's gambling that happens there. I could be wrong. No, I think you're you're onto something there. um, So, Conspiracy theory, who knows? Um, but well, I, I like what, like what I just said. I hope that NHL GMs have learned to not make the same mistakes they did with trading with Vegas to keep certain assets in regards to Seattle. And it'll be interesting to see who the Flyers protect because they're not going to have players at this expansion draft that are obvious throwaways. Everyone I feel as though on this roster right now, well, except for Robert Hag, um, are players that you kind of want to keep around. So. Yep, I agree. So, um, getting back on track here. <laughs> so, last night was a special night in Toronto on the Hall of Fame side of things. The, uh, the 2019 uh, Hall of Fame class was officially inducted into the Hall of Fame last night. Um, six new members were inducted. Uh, including Guy Carboneau, Sergei Zubov, Haley Wickenheiser, Vak, Vaslav Nedimansky, Jim Rutherford, and Jerry York. So congratulations to all six of them. Um, very special players in uh, all areas of hockey. 
uh, great careers with all of them. Um, any thoughts on that, Dave? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Wickenheiser, one of the pioneers of women of women's hockey. Um, you're probably not seeing the popular rise of women's hockey today if it wasn't for Wickenheiser. Um, you know, Jim Rutherford, longtime GM and executive GM of the Hurricanes, and now the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, <laughs> he's in the Hockey Hall of Fame. So while the man has made the smartest trades recently, he's a three-time Stanley Cup champion. So that does, you know, that that's that's. A golf clap for him. Um, and I believe the Russian player. What's his name again, Mastro? Sergei Zubov. Oh, no, not Zubov. The other one. No, uh, Nedomansky. Nedomansky. I think he was one of the first players to defect from Russia over to the NHL. Uh, now, I could be wrong, but I want to think I heard from another very popular hockey podcast about that. Um, and Sergei Zubov, you know, a, da- a Dallas star legend. Um so, and didn't, yep. didn't, 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 he, I'm so sorry to interrupt. I'm not seeing, um, anything about him being the first player to defect, but he did flee Europe. So if he wasn't the, he was one of, he was one of the first. Yeah. Um, and then wasn't there a Montreal Canadian who got into this year? Yeah, I believe that was Zubov. No, Guy Carboneau. Didn't Guy Carboneau oh, yeah, get yeah. in? Yeah, sorry, Carboneau, yeah. And while not the most offensive player, yeah. um, he was one hell of a team captain and a one of the best defensive forwards to ever play the game. So all deserving candidates, um, all congratulations to them. And that's all I got on that. All right. Um, some interesting news here out of New Jersey, but goaltender Corey Schneider was sent down to the AHL after he was put on waivers uh, yesterday. He's gone 0-4-1 in six games that so far this season and hasn't even played since the 8th. So, Wait, a little that, bit that, of goalie controversy. Uh, not controversy, but I guess uh, turmoil in New Jersey. You, you, you mean the, quote, had the best offseason New Jersey Devils aren't really doing well this year? And their yep, goaltending's so, been bad? And the team's been read, bad? Let me just I wonder read the shots. I wonder There's who said that step. back in July that this team was not going to be good. I think he might have looked a lot like me. All right, good I'd, call I, on that. I, then. I, I'm, I, Brenna, I'm gonna take your advice. I'm gonna carve up some humble pie a little bit here, and I'm gonna eat my my dose of humble pie. Hopefully, it comes in apple or pecan or chocolate pudding versions. Tastes like shame. Oh, it tastes like shame. Apparently, so. Um, but yeah, you know, it it stinks. You know. It, Joking aside, it, 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 it stinks. It, it sucks for Corey Schneider because at one point he was a, he was an excellent goalie, and he's getting older, injury prone. He just he just doesn't have it anymore. As for the Devils, now you're going with Mackenzie Blackwood as your starter and Louis Domingue as your backup. Um, Louis Domingue's been a career minor leaguer and okay backup when he has really good teams. Like of course he had good numbers with the Tampa Bay Lightning last year because well. The Tampa Bay Lightning last year was arguably one of the best, if not the best, regular season team to ever exist in the NHL. Yeah. Um, and then he he was up and back and down with Phoenix, so who knows? I mean, he's been playing well since he got uh, claimed by the Devils off of waivers. I believe he he is like he was three zero with with their farm team. Um, so good for him to get another shot in the league. I know a couple teams are trying to trade for him, and the 
Lightning were like, no, we're going to try and keep him around and see what happens, and they did lose him to waivers. Um, but, you know, it's interesting for New Jersey because they did add some good pieces, and I did say that we're going to be as good, but I didn't expect them to be this bad. Do you know what I mean? Like, I didn't yeah. think they were going to be like, oh, crap, they might be in the draft lottery again. I thought they would be, you know, kind of a team that's they're, – they're not going to make the playoffs, but they're not going to be one of the worst teams in the league. And that's what they've been. Um, and... I mean, it goes it goes to show you that even though you have a good offseason, the offseason doesn't really count for much if you can't have it translate. Yeah, and, once th- the puck drops. and I think a, a lot of Devils fans hyped up Gusev too much. Not all KHL superstars can come over to the NHL and make it work. Vladimir Tarasenko and our and Artemi Panarin are rarities. A lot, like we've we've seen it. There was Vadim Shipashev last year with or two years ago with Vegas. And now Gusev, and there's been and now there's been other players in Russians like Neil Yakupov that couldn't hang and then they jump and then they go back to Russia and all of a sudden they light it up. The ice is bigger over there. They have more time. They have more space. It's not as a physical game. So, of course, they're going to have higher numbers, and they light it up, and that attracts the eye of NHL GMs and NHL fans, and they go, oh, the goose is loose. He's going to be fantastic. And then he gets over here, and I'm like, I haven't really seen much from him. Like, yeah, he was leading the Devils in scoring, but that's because Taylor Hall sucked this year. And... Devils fans and a lot of Flyers fans thought that Wayne Simmons was going to be like, oh, he'll show you guys. No, no, he really hasn't because he's a third-line player now who's just not going to put up a lot of numbers. Now, unless me saying this now all of a sudden gets the New Jersey Devils and they say, we want to prove this clown wrong, I mean, I'll, I'll admit it, but as of right now, they are what I thought, what I, what I thought they were. So <laughs> it, it, it does suck. Um, I really don't care what... New Jerseyan and New Yorkers who don't root for the Rangers or Islanders think about the Devils because they're lower class of human beings than, than we are as Flyers fans and Philadelphians. Um, that's just that's, that's a joke. That, that's a straight up joke for everyone. Disclaimer here. Let's take it easy. We don't know how sensitive people are nowadays. Uh, today's PC culture. Damn millennials. Um, but no, yeah, it, it, it stinks because the Devils have been kind of going through what a lot of what we've been going through and seeing with the Rangers fans, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so, you know, they say the same thing about us, but, you know, they, they don't have Carter Hart and I think the upside that we do. All right. Good, good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, next on the list, uh, some injury news. Uh, Jonathan Drouin for the Montreal Canadiens is expected to miss eight weeks after wrist surgery. Ooh, that's a tough loss. So, um, also forward Paul Byron is presumed to be out one month after having knee surgery on Tuesday, uh, I guess, today. So Today, yeah, Tuesday the 19th. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but uh, if you didn't see, Drew Ann took a pretty big hit from Alex Ovechkin in a game on uh, Friday night. Uh, he left the game after that hit during the second period. And then all actually went through concussion protocol before returning to the start of the third period, but then left again, I believe, to miss the rest of the game. Yeah, the the Canadians are claiming that it, the concussion was not a result of Ovechkin's hit; that it occurred somewhere else. And people need to realize that um, it doesn't take a lot to get, to get a concussion. You could fall down the stairs and hit your shoulder in a weird position. And you're more more likely to get to get a concussion from that than like a big collision. 
Yep. Um, it doesn't take a lot. Um, so it, it sucks. Concussions are awful. I've personally experienced, luck, thankfully, only one in my entire life. And it was the worst weekend ever. Um, be going through a broken leg definitely, definitely sucks. But at least the broken leg, you can watch TV, you can listen to music, you can play Xbox. With a concussion, you literally have to lie in the dark. Because you're so sensitive to light and sound, all you can do is sleep. Anything else bothers you. And it's the worst, like, the worst headaches you will ever have in your entire life. It's like having one big conscious migraine for days. And it's awful. So here's another interesting thing on the uh, the technology side of the game, but uh, the NHL. Is this a little bit brighter news. Uh, I eh, take it for what you will. I wouldn't <laughs> say it's positive or negative. It's just interesting and could be controversial, more annoying than anything else I can see. But um, the NHL expects pl- puck and player tracking to be ready for playoffs. So, um, again, according to NHL.com, the NHL is going to experiment with puck and player tracking at this year's uh, NHL All-Star Game in St. Louis on January 25th, and they're saying the system should be ready around the time of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Again, to quote the article, the NHL has spent years developing the system, which uses sensors and pucks and on players to create hundreds of data points per second. The league is being deliberate about the rollout. So I think, I think I've, all right. Yeah. All right. So I think I kind of read this, thought about this in the wrong way. I don't know if it's going to be, so I think, I don't know. This was before I was even watching hockey, but wasn't there like the, the puck was highlighted on the screen back in like the nineties. Yeah. Or it had like a blinking light on it. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to be like that. I remember them doing something like it last year, I think. They were testing it out at the All-Star game. Yeah. Or if you went to a certain channel or a certain website, they would show the advanced analytical stats on the screen while you watched the game. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. so this... it, it'll, it'll affect real-time stats, and I assume it'll affect the gambling world because yep. now we're getting more and more where gambling is now more prevalent. Yeah. All right, so that's, I guess it, it won't, it, it, yeah, it's just one of those things where it's something to look out for. So, um, aside from that, that's pretty much all that's been newsworthy the past few days ever since we recorded our last episode. Um, just to touch on the scores as of right now for tonight, uh, like we was talked about before, the Flyers are down 4-2 going into the third period in Florida against the Panthers. Uh, the Minnesota Wild, they're up 3 nothing on the uh, the Buffalo Sabres uh, going into the third period as well. The Bruins are up 2-1 on the New Jersey Devils with about 18 minutes left in the final period of that game. The New York Islanders' point streak could be in danger as they are trailing the Penguins 3-2 at the end of the second period. Uh, the Montreal Canadiens and the Columbus Blue Jackets are tied 2-2 with about 18 minutes left in the third period of that game. The Ottawa Senators are up 3-2 on the Detroit Red Wings with about 11 minutes left to play in the second period. The Tampa Bay Lightning and the defending Stanley Cup champion St. Louis Blues are in each other. Uh, the Lightning are up 1-0 at the end of the first period. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, that's Pat- Patrick Maroon's first game back in St. Louis 
since winning the cup and signing with the Lightning. Yes. Yeah. So uh, uh, a sort of homecoming for him. Um, the Winnipeg Jets are up one nothing on the Nashville Predators at the end of the first period. Uh, the Hurricanes and the Blackhawks are scoreless with about nine minutes left in the first. The Vancouver Canucks are trailing one nothing to the Dallas Stars with about nine minutes left in the first. And there's three late games on tonight. Uh, one of them just about to start. Colorado Avalanche are up against the Flames. At 10 o'clock, the Maple Leafs take on the Vegas Golden Knights. And at 10.30, the Oilers are taking on the Sharks. So that's the tonight's slate. Uh, a lot of action going on, as you can tell by what I just read. But um, we'll see how it all unfolds. Yeah, it's going to be an exciting time. Lots of hockey for us hockey fanatics to watch and get on here. But, uh, Matt, other than that, I think it might be it for this week. What do you think? Uh, I'd say so. So, all right, here, this might be opening a can, a can of worms here, but um, what are your thoughts on what happened in Vancouver the other night with the Avalanche? Oh, oh I'm surprised we didn't get into this. Uh, horrific play. The refs messed up big time. Like, those referees should be fired. Um, for those who don't know what happened, um, Matt Calvert took a slap shot to the forehead and was literally lying on the ice, writhing in pain, um, bleeding from his head. Um, and the Vancouver Canucks were on a power play, still at puck position, and the refs decided to not blow the play at all for a couple seconds. Uh, they cut the lane go. Avalanche players, the bench, banging, yelling to get play to stop. Um, and even even uh, Elias Pedersen went over and was like, what's going on here like why haven't you blown play dead um vancouver ends up scoring on the play um and then matt calvert gets the medical attention he needs um but it's 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 interesting and it's unacceptable this league needs to be better and do better for a league claiming they care about player safety and they're trying to improve the player's overall wellness on the ice um you kind of Every statement they've released on that goes against that same because in the rule book, um, in the in the rule where the NHL you know says refs um, don't have to blow play dead if, for an injury unless until that team gets possession, there's an asterisk that allows them to say if the refs feel a player's in significant danger mm -hmm. and needs to get it help, they will they can blow the play dead. Um, I'm pretty sure if a player blocks a shot with his forehead and is bleeding from his head and is rhythm ping on the ice, that's a pretty damn good reason to blow your whistle and, and play. Um, mm -hmm. Luckily, Nathan McKinnon kind of got the last laugh at, at the league and the refs and scored the OT winner, so the Avs um, at least managed to get both two points in that game. But it's unacceptable. Um, Matt Calvert could have died on the ice. And then the blood would have literally been on the NHL's hands. And they messed this up big time. Um, if I had Matt Calvert, I would might even look into in the Colorado Avalanche. I might look into taking legal action against the league. They literally, he was in his life, a family man, wife, young kids. His life was in danger. The refs could have done something, and they and they chose not to. And it's unacceptable. Yeah, that's a tough play to watch, and it's tough to just see him laying there. Um, I, it's It's got to be something that is addressed in the future. Uh, hopefully something like that doesn't happen again, but it's just tough to 
it's it's tough to watch first of all and again i mean it's it's tough to talk about too because you want you want the guys to be safe out there um but uh, it's it's a tough issue and i think you you said all that can be said but um i think we should try and end on a positive note i don't know what there is but <laughs> uh well positive note i guess is um, we're having our first collaboration with the Pidgey Coop tomorrow, technically. There you go. We could try to predict the future and say that the Flyers are going to win this game. That would be nice. Um, it's the 4-2 with about 16.40 to go in the third, so plenty of time um, to go. You, uh, why don't you expand on your Pigeon Coop appearance? Yes. Yeah, so tomorrow night I'll be joining the boys on the Pigeon Coop for their weekly podcast, which I believe will drop this upcoming Friday. Uh, we're going to talk about the Flyers' recent play of yet, and then also have an author discussion about more potential partnerships with us here at 5-Minute Major Radio and the Pitch and Coop. Um, so exciting times to get this rolling in our partnership. We had we had a blast with them at the home opener tailgate that they threw. It sucks the weather didn't cooperate for them because that could have been an absolute gong show amazing party. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a first step in an excellent, uh, direction in a, hopefully a fruitful partnership. All right. There you go. I, ho- I hope that was more positive because I got really heated there on the Matt Calvert like stuff. I like that. Yeah. We uh, have, I mean, with the, with the way the Flyers have played lately, there's not much positives besides that frost goal last period, but, um, that frost, that frost goal was pretty frosty. One might say you stopped by Wendy's and got some top shelf. All right, I think that work out at all. That, I think that, we need to go after that. that. Work? No, I'm I'm getting booed here in my yeah, apartment. We, Yikes! We need to we need to end it after that. All right. Well, um, <laughs> Matt and I will be back next week, of course, for another pod as usual, and uh, hopefully the Flyers can come back in this game tonight and can have some good games. They have a couple big games coming up the rest of this week and this weekend. Matt, you'll be at the game Saturday um, against sure. the Calgary Flames on Kids Day, and uh, other than that. Uh, We'll see you guys next week, and let's go Flyers.